You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello there, I'm Ollie Southgate, and from the Broadway Podcast Network, this is Putting It Together. But on this month's show, I'm here to tell you to listen to a different podcast altogether. On a cloudy day in March 2021, Ben Sprecher sat sobbing in a New York City courtroom. The 66-year-old notorious producer had been humiliated two years prior when a New York Post photographer snapped a photograph of him in a t-shirt and gym shorts being led out of his Harlem home in handcuffs. It was a different type of press attention than Sprecher had been used to getting. For the decade prior, he had been tied up in one of Broadway's most bizarre crime stories. There were scheming Wall Street types, fake deaths, sabotage from the inside, millions of dollars just vanishing into thin air. It was the stuff that probably would have made a great Broadway play had it not been so ridiculously hard to believe. It is the craziest. You would not write this stuff and people would believe it. My mouth fell open and I thought, you can't make this shit up. As each thing unfolded, it seemed like, could what could be worse? He almost sounds like a bit of a sadist. You think of, oh my God, how awful, how bizarre. It's so unbelievable and it's so, it's so fucked up. Just when you thought that it couldn't get any more evil it turns to that's what also has been going on like it's pretty dark this whole story is an opera of bad choices that was a clip from burnt now available on the broadway podcast network and you guys i listened to all five episodes in two days i'm so excited to be talking today to the reporter behind the series and its host blake ross blake welcome to putting it together hi ollie I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Before we get into Rebecca and Burnt and all of that, you've had kind of a fascinating career in the kind of Broadway journalism media space um, as well. I was hoping you could start just by talking about who you are, what you do, where you've been. Just give us the kind of resume rundown if you could. Sure. I started work with a man named Ken Sunshine, uh, who runs an amazing PR firm called Sunshine Sachs. And I was a publicist. And I suggest anybody who wants to get into any sort of entertainment field, 
Publicists are always the first to be blamed and the last to be thanked, but it is a fascinating field and you really are thrown into the deep end quite early on in your career. So I was 20-something years old and I was going out on the road with Barbara Streisand and I was repping Lin-Manuel Miranda <clears throat> early on in his career. And I just, you know, I, I found a niche for myself in the thing that I love, which is the theater. And uh, I worked there for many, many years and then I went over to to run Playbill at a very interesting time in media when print publication was not it any longer and digital publication was reigning supreme and we had to figure out how to keep this 100-plus-year-old print publication from disappearing. And it was a really fruitful time during my tenure at Playboy. I was there for eight years. And then I went off to do my own thing and start my family. I have a three-year-old daughter. And the pandemic came. And by gosh, we all, anyone who is involved with uh, the entertainment industry, but specifically Broadway, really learned that uh, we needed to figure out some stuff really quick. So uh, my contribution was getting to work um, and trying to help, uh, namely the Actors Fund and Broadway Cares, try and figure out how to help help people stay afloat during a crazy pandemic time. And on the side, uh, reporting on Burnt because I needed <laughs> I needed something else to whet my appetite for juicy stories. So <laughs> absolutely, and yeah, kind of the perfect person to report a nice juicy story in all this painstaking detail that makes any a true crime podcast so compelling. For those that don't know, could you introduce us to the story of Rebecca? Ah, <sighs> oh, Rebecca, the gal I never get tired of talking about. <laughs> Um, Rebecca is the name of a musical, uh, that a producer named Ben Sprecher basically fell so deeply in love with and became so obsessed with that it became the bane of his existence. He thought it was going to be the next Phantom of the Opera. He thought it was going to be the next humongous, colossal property in the musical theater world. And it ended up, uh, not only not coming to Broadway, but ended up destroying a lot of people's lives, including his own. Everybody who touched that musical got burnt, which is why I called it burnt. Um, and so it was a it it's a really crazy, twisty, turny, real true crime story of Broadway, which we don't get many. We get lots of gossipy stories, but in terms of the true crime of it all, uh, Broadway, thankfully, has been not as prevalent as maybe Hollywood or other types of entertainment, but boy, this this is the exception to the rule. And the twists and turns of it all are reported now in Burnt, the show that set Broadway ablaze. The name comes from one of what was supposed to be, I guess, one of the most iconic sequences in that production that I'm sure would have been legendary on Broadway, in which I want to say that it's a staircase that catches fire before the audience's eyes, right? Sorry. Yes. So the basic story of Rebecca, most people know because it is quite a classic story, but it was written by Daphne du Maurier in the 30s and then became quite a popular Oscar-winning film by Alfred Hitchcock in the 40s, his first American film. And it's about a young, naive young lady who falls deeply in love very quickly with a dashing widower named Maxim de Winters, and he whisks her off to his palatial, beautiful seaside escape called Manderley. Um, and there they meet 
uh, Mrs. Danvers, who is the home's caretaker. And she also acts as sort of this medium between uh, the home of Manderley, which is inhabited by uh, the ghost of Maxim's first wife, who is named Rebecca. And uh, it's a, it's a, very dark gothic tale and Miss Danvers is the is the sort of spooky character in all of it. And uh, at the end, spoiler alert for anybody who needs one on a book from the 30s and a book from the 40s, but spoiler alert is the end classically finds Mrs. Danvers standing at the top of the stairs of Manderley and the whole place is burning to the ground around her as she's wearing Rebecca's clothes on the top of on the top of the staircase. So this was all recreated during the stage production, which played in Europe uh, and in other places around the world um, and was supposed to happen on Broadway. Yeah, this big pyrotechnic um, illusion of the stairs and the whole house coming crumbling to the ground. Bonkers. Bonkers. I wanted to ask you, as someone who's poured over this show now and and really dug into the weeds of all the the plans that had been made for it and the and the finances as they were supposed to be at least, um, do you think had it made it to Broadway, this show could have actually been the kind of unbelievable success that its producers were so sure of? You talk a lot about you talk a lot in the podcast. Um, as do many of your guests about it being compared to um, Phantom for all sorts of different reasons. Is that actually the kind of hit you think they might have had on their hands if it had been a, a little more legit and, and all gone to plan? Well, Ollie, I'm not a Broadway producer, so I can't say for certain, but I am somebody who's seen thousands and thousands of productions in my career. Um, I, I never saw Rebecca in person. I have seen uh, there's bootleg versions with subtitles, English subtitles from the German musical Rebecca Das musical, which is no way to see a show. Very want to put that disclaimer out there. Do not judge a, sh- a book by its bootleg because that's <laughs> never a good way to consume art. That's or consume uh, theater. But uh, knowing what I do know about it, I, I don't. I don't think so, to be really frank with you. I think it was supposed to come of an age, this was 2011, 2012, when the scene really changed and this idea of an entire musical, humongous mega musical built around something like a chandelier dropping or a helicopter landing on the stage or any other sort of spectacle, while great, it doesn't a musical, a mega musical make. Um, and mm. to me, I, you know, if I wouldn't have sat in that theater and thought, uh, let me sink millions of dollars into this thing, but I, I'm also not a producer, so I can't say for sure. But for my money, no, I don't know that it would have been. And to put the lens of everything that did end up transpiring back on the show, obviously, the show does exist, you know, if only as a, as a libretto really in it the english the english language version i mean um it's you know it's a libretto and a few people's like filing cabinets now do you think there's any chance we will ever see rebecca on the broadway stage you know 20 years from now under perhaps more responsible stewardship or is this whole thing just kind of doomed it forever throughout the podcast and some of the bonus episodes i've talked to podcasters who have who have done deep dives into other big classical flops or classical problem musicals like Sunset Boulevard and uh, which, you know, 
biggest advance in the world, but ultimately didn't make its money back and was a big, big flop. And uh, Carrie, which is like the typical show that when you get one goes to when they're talking about flop musicals. And uh, I mean, they've each had I mean, very different circumstances than Rebecca, but they've each found life after um, specifically Carrie definitely has found life after uh, a colossal failure. So never say never, but I don't know. I if it, I think they would have one hell of a backstory to tell, and that always helps when you're trying to put on a huge musical. It always helps to have some good buzzy press about it. So, you know, if some enterprising producer wants to come about and sink a bunch of money into this show, they certainly would be coming off of, you know, a really buzzy They'd ha- have a lot of buzz behind it, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, so many great interviews as well. Over the course of this podcast, we have the show's would-be star, uh, Sierra Boga, still a star in her own right, but I mean, you know, of Rebecca. Um, Michael Riedel, Robert Viagas, Trip Phillips, Christopher Hampton, David Camp, Philip Boroff. You kind of run the full gamut of Broadway business types, artists, and other reporters who were covering all of this as it happened in real time. Now, I know you obviously already knew a lot of the stories behind this show before you started the podcast from the career that you were alluding to before, but was there anything that you learned doing those interviews and making this podcast that just kind of blew your mind? Like anything that was truly shocking, brand new information? Well, two things. I ended up tracking down Mark Houghton, and so it was my first my introduction to the world of criminals and talking to somebody in jail and communicating with somebody who is in prison and uh, learning how that whole side of the world works. And it was interesting. And it was very interesting hearing his side of the story. He And kind of being led down a similar path that Ben Sprecher was led down, meaning, you know, you're dealing with a criminal who's got a long, long history of conning people. And so I was thankfully privy to that information prior to talking to him, but it didn't make our conversations any less interesting. Back to probably made it more interesting. Um, And so just talking to him was a fascinating exercise in and of itself. And if you listen to the podcast, I mean, there's, I, I, and I find him living his new life, which is, something interesting. Um, But something I definitely learned through the reporting of this from most of my off-the-record conversations is just how tricky raising funds for Broadway can be and why good producers are important to have. Because uh, you can there's some regulations around raising money for the theater but not nearly enough to make it a business that is laudatory it's you know you can do things by the skin of your teeth and people skirt the rules all of the time because it's show business and it's art and it's messy and it's hard to raise money for the theater um, and so I've learned a lot of just how tricky it is and the importance of having a good lead producer as leader of a production because it really is not only just a piece of art, but it is a corporation. It is an entire 
mini community running with the producer, which is your CEO, essentially, and you need to make sure that that person is sound in their judgment and uh, their business skills to be able to pull it off because it's a living, breathing thing. It's not even just raising money for a film and then you put it out into the world. I mean, it's, it's a thing with running costs every week and real human collateral and things like that. So it's a tricky business and you need to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Not only someone who's passionate about it, but somebody who knows what they're doing. Absolutely. Um, And you had talked in some of the bonus episodes you did at the end of the series about some of the kind of other great scandals that have befallen Broadway. I mean, I feel like none of them quite reach the same heights as uh, as Rebecca did, but um, there's definitely been a few. Is this a one-off for you? Can we expect any more Blake Ross snooping around Broadway with a magnifying glass and a trench coat? Well, <laughs> as long as people keep behaving badly, I'll be there to uh, report on it because, my goodness, there are some people i think because we the theater is so insular and so small and frankly so few people i mean this isn't so few people pay attention to it it seems so much larger than it is um i think because i've worked outside of broadway too i realized just how insular the broadway community is mm. that people get away with some very bad behavior but man it's interesting to talk about but yes the bonus episodes are all about People just unearthing other people, other interesting criminals uh, or interesting bad behavior of people on stage, um, which I think it's interesting. My favorite was Adela Holzer, who just recently passed, but she was a producer. She mostly was a fun, you know, raised funds for the theater. She was on the original Hair in the seventies, and she was just this grifter. She told people she was married to David Rockefeller. She had pictures cut out of magazines all over her apartment. She was hailed in the New York Times as like the next, you know, humongous big woman producer on Broadway in the big boys club that was Broadway or that still is, but that was Broadway in the 70s and 80s. And she was a mastermind criminal and ended up spending, I think, like 13 years in jail or something. But man, she was so fascinating. The fact that she operated in our circles was, to me, just fascinating oh my god i love that <laughs> um you guys as i told blake when i first reached out to her a few weeks ago when the network and i were coming up with this podcast with putting it together i'd always had in the back of my head oh i could do a few episodes on rebecca at some point that would be fascinating and i kept meaning to get around to it and it sort of sat there as an idea i wasn't really doing anything with and then i saw this podcast come up on my uh, podcast app and i thought ah i missed it i'm too late and then i listened to it and i was so thrilled that i was beaten to it because this is just so well done and so well reported it's you know very respectful to the fact that this was about real people's money and real people's jobs and reputations while also being kind of hbo level drama and storytelling it is called burnt it's available in the same place you're listening to this one right now uh, on your podcast app of choice or at broadwaypodcastnetwork.com just search for burnt there blake thank you so much for talking to me thanks ollie i had a great time okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and apply. See website for details. Putting It Together is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals for the Broadway Podcast Network. Our theme music is by Euless Pecan, and our work and editing is by me, Ollie Southgate. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ollie Southie, or check out my website at OllieSouthgate.com. That is spelled with an I-E, not a Y. I'm signing off for the holidays now. I will be back in 2022. Do check your podcast feed on Friday, February 4th, when we'll be back and seeing what Broadway looks like on the other side of its first holiday season since it returned, as well as being in the midst of its first full winter. We'll talk about it all then. Please do have a safe and happy holidays, and goodbye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.